You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio Network. All right, Giants fans, last week for our Friday show, we did a, a mailbag edition of the podcast. And that's what we're going to do again this week. There are so many questions, dozens and dozens of questions that have come into the Big Blue View mailbag. And I thank you guys for all of those Please remember, if you do have a question and you're not sure where to send it, send it to bigblueview at gmail.com, and I'll try to answer it either in our weekly Saturday mailbag or perhaps here in the podcast or during the podcast in a, a mailbag edition of the show. And this week, as I said, there's so many questions, good questions, many of them, that I can't get to all of them in uh, in the weekly Saturday written edition of the mailbag that appears at BigBlueView.com. So what I thought I would do is once again do a mailbag edition of the podcast, and we're going to uh, to limit this edition of the of the show to some 2024 NFL draft related questions. There will be a couple draft related questions answered in the Saturday mailbag as well, but the bulk of those will be right here on this show, which I will also drop into the, the written edition of the mailbag as well. So uh, let's get started, Giants fans. I'll get to uh, to as many of these as I can while trying to keep the show to a, a somewhat reasonable length here. So first question comes from Robert Lepanto. Robert really doesn't ask a question. He sort of makes a statement, but I will offer my uh, my thoughts on it anyway. Robert says, J.J. McCarthy seems like a Joe Shane type of guy, probably more so than the other available quarterbacks in the draft. Could see him trading back a few slots and then grabbing McCarthy. He has the same issues as Jaden Daniels with that questionable frame, although he does not put himself at risk to the degree Daniels does. Daniels is a kamikaze, love his play style, but he'll get squashed if he does not tone it down in the NFL. Robert, I'm not sure what you see or what you think is a Joe Shane type of quarterback. I'm not, I, I'm not, we haven't seen Joe Shane draft a quarterback. He's only been the GM through, through two drafts now. I like McCarthy. I think that McCarthy, you know, most analysts think McCarthy could be a better pro than he was a, a collegiate quarterback at Michigan because the Wolverines simply didn't ask him to do 
a whole lot at times, but I'm not sure what you're what you're seeing that that gives you the idea that he's a Joe Shane type of quarterback. That said, I'm also not sure what you're seeing when you when you compare him to Jaden Daniels. Yes, they both have some mobility. Jaden Daniels is a much different animal, though, when it comes to the type of mobility that he offers. Jaden Daniels is the closest thing in the draft class to Lamar Jackson in terms of play style. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Jaden Daniels will be Lamar Jackson in the NFL, but his skill set reminds of Lamar Jackson simply because of the mobility, because of the the big arm and all of that. Yes, he's a kamikaze. Yes, he'll have to learn to slide. He'll have to learn not to try to leap guys and take unnecessary hits and all of that. But I think that I love Daniel's skills, Daniel's skill set. And for me, I have a hard time passing Jaden Daniels at six if he's there. And I know that's not what you were asking about. In in general, I don't know if J.J. McCarthy is the guy for the Giants. I do know that that I would be okay with the Giants perhaps taking a wide receiver or Brock Bowers or, or whoever or an offensive tackle if that's what they wanted to do at six and then using their two second round picks and some other assets to trade back into the middle or late part of the first round for a quarterback. If McCarthy's the guy that they wanted, fine. If someone else is uh, is the target, I'm fine with that as well. You know, Joe Shane and his staff know a lot more about scouting than I do. So I'm not going to sit here and say it has to be McCarthy or it has to be Michael Penix or it has to be Bo Nix if if they make a move but I wouldn't be I wouldn't object to uh, to that philosophy in the draft either. All right, let's get to another question. Brad Gillen asks, says I feel like every year there is a lot of clamoring to trade down and accumulate more picks except this year. I hear a lot of people suggesting we trade up into the first to take a quarterback if the consensus top three quarterbacks, Williams, May, and Daniels, are off the board. What is your opinion on taking a difference maker at six and using draft capital to move back up into the first to get a quarterback as opposed to trading back from six to select a quarterback and acquire more draft capital, potentially another second this year and a first next year? Listen, Brad, historically, I'm always a a trade down advocate. I like that idea. I like adding more draft capital. But what happened with the Giants a couple of years ago with the with the Kadarius Tony trade, moving down from 11 to 20 passing up on Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater has given me pause. That is something that Dave Gettleman, who made that trade down, I think at the behest of of then coach Joe Judge, had always warned about. He had always warned about moving down and leaving a great player or leaving something that you really wanted, you know, missing out on a player by moving down 
he had always warned about that sometimes you know saying that that is the cost in terms of what you leave on the board worth what you get in return that's always what you weigh so i'm an advocate of moving down but i think you have to be very careful about what you're leaving on the board and what you're uh, and and what you're getting in return you're you're asking really if you want to move down from 6 or take a difference maker at 6 and move back up and i sort of answered that already in my answer to uh, to robert's question in the situation that the giants are in i have a really hard time moving off the 6th pick unless it's if you're moving down into the middle of the first round, if you're moving into the late part of the first round, I have a really hard time with that. I have a really hard time with leaving if it's Malik Neighbors and Romo Duns, the two wide receivers. I have a really hard time leaving both of them on the board. If you want one of the top two offensive tackles, if they want to go with uh, with Fashanu from Penn State or with Joe Alt from uh, from Notre Dame, I have a difficult time leaving those guys on the board. So in this instance, in this draft, I like the idea since the Giants already have two second round picks, one that they acquired from the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for, for Leonard Williams. I like the idea if they're in that situation where Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels are off the board, and they want one of the the next tier of quarterbacks, the J.J. McCarthy, the Michael Penix, the Bo Nix, maybe Spencer Rattler if if Spencer Rattler has a big pre-draft process and puts himself in that late first round mix, as Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan told us on the podcast the other day that he thinks Rattler might do here in the uh, in the upcoming pre-draft process, in the upcoming All-Star games. At the, uh, I think that, that Rattler will be at the Senior Bowl in Mobile next week, and, uh, and a lot of people are curious as to, uh, as to how he will perform. But I like the idea of getting a difference maker at six, getting a weapon like Neighbors or Brock Bowers or O'Dunn's, or using that pick on the on whoever you think is the best offensive lineman, whether that's Alter Fashanu or 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 J.C. Latham from Alabama or or whoever you think it might be, and then using that extra pick to move back up and go get the uh, you know the Michael Penix or the J.J. McCarthy or whoever you think uh, you think might be the uh, the potential long term answer for you at quarterback. Jay Berman asks, says, I watched the podcast where you spoke about drafting a quarterback, and I agree that there are no guarantees. What do you think about drafting Notre Dame offensive tackle Joe Alt with the sixth overall pick? Alternatively, with multiple needs, would you trade back? And if so, what would be the probable return? Jay, I've kind of touched on this a little bit already. I think for me, the situation in this draft is such that while I think that that Fashanu and Joe Alt 
have to be considerations at six if you don't go quarterback. There's a lot of disagreement in this draft among analysts about who the offensive tackles are. There's also the idea that right now we don't know if the Giants think they need an offensive tackle. We don't know what their plan is for Evan Neal. We haven't had the opportunity since the day after the season to talk to Joe Shane. We hopefully, you know, reporters who are in Mobile, Alabama, will hopefully get that opportunity next week during the Senior Bowl. We'll get that opportunity at the Combine in Indianapolis. So right now we don't know. If the Giants are going to leave Evan Neal at right tackle in 2023, even if they bring in competition for him, if they still consider him a right tackle, then you don't take a tackle at number six. You take a tackle in the middle of the draft as a developmental player, as a guy who who might provide competition. You bring in a veteran swing tackle who could be competition for Neil, who could push him for that starting job. And you go from there, but you don't take the the offensive tackle at six. And and in terms of in terms of trading down, again, I'm always an advocate for trading down, but I'm not trading down in this draft if I think there are game changers at positions that I really, really could use the help. I'm not trading out of the opportunity, for example, to draft Malik Neighbors. I'm not trading out of the opportunity to draft Romo Duns if I think that he's going to go in the top 10. If I'm if I'm going to move down, I may only move down a pick or two. I could I could do that. I could go from six to eight maybe if that means that that neighbors is off the board and O'Dunn's is the receiver that I take, something like that. But but I'm not moving down. And again, I I can't really say what the probable return would be for the simple reason that that depends on how far down you move. So it, it's impossible to say you know what the return would be because I don't know how far a move down would actually be. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's take a few more questions here. Jason Merrick asks, he says, and this is a, a fairly long question, fairly long sort of sort of statement here from Jason. He says, in some of the mock drafts I'm seeing from respectable insiders, I see the Giants selecting one of the top three offensive tackles at six. Despite the fact that the offensive line is perhaps the most pressing need, this doesn't seem like the most realistic option. Drafting an offensive tackle so high would mean Shane is ready to admit that he made a mistake drafting Evan Neal. Secondly, there have already been reports Neal is not moving to guard. And three, this seems to be a fairly deep offensive line class. So Jason basically wants to know if I think that the Giants will go wide receiver if the three quarterbacks in, in Williams, May, and Daniels are gone. And, and listen, Jason, I think that's probably the way that the Giants go here. I think they'll go wide receiver. You could make an argument for Brock Bowers if they want to build, if if he's available at six and the Giants want to build their passing attack around the uh, around a tight end if they think he's the best player. But I think wide receiver makes a lot of sense here. One of the reasons for that is even if you want an offensive tackle, as you as you said, there's a lot of disagreement about the top eight to ten offensive tackles in this class. I think there's there's maybe ten of them right now with top 100 grades. You know, in most uh, draft analysts' big boards at this point, there's a lot of disagreement about the the order of who's best. There are guys like Tyler Guyton of Oklahoma, who some people think is a is a mid first round pick. Some people think he's a mid second round pick. So we don't know how all of that's going to shake out. But I think the point is, if you want an offensive tackle, you think can step in at right tackle. I don't think you have to get him at number six. The other point as you made is that we don't know, and I've said this before, we don't know if the Giants want to give Evan Neal one more opportunity at right tackle with a new offensive line coach in, in Carmen Brasillo, give him, a, see what happens if he can stay healthy in 2024. His 2023 season, because of Various injuries was pretty much a wash, only playing in seven games. We didn't get to see, even from the early part of training camp when he suffered a concussion, we didn't get to see if the work he did last offseason would really translate because he didn't get consistent snaps in training camp throughout the season. He never got consistent practice or game reps, obviously didn't play well when he did get out there. But I think the Giants might lean toward allowing him to have one more chance. I don't know what reports you've seen. It's all been speculation to this point, Jason, because there, and there's a difference between speculation 
and reporting that indicates this will or will not happen. It's mostly been media members like myself trying to read in between the lines of what Joe Shane and Brian Dable have said about Evan Neal, what Evan Neal has said about his desire to remain at tackle, which he's been very, very vociferous about. My gut feeling is that's what the Giants are going to do is leave him at tackle. And in that case, you uh, you use the middle parts of the draft to upgrade the interior part of your offensive line. You you look at the better guards in the class, and you can probably there are probably several of them that you could get on day two or early on day three, guys who could who could come in and compete for jobs. So I think that's a very a very strong possibility. But I, I think for me right now, if you sit at six and none of the quarterbacks are there, then it, it feels like it feels like a wide receiver pick to me. Jeff Bergman asks, says, I read your review of the quarterback situation in the Giants option, and I agree with you. One thing to add is that when Daniel Jones got his $160 million contract, he needed to become a guy who could make his teammates better, and that is not him. Given the options, I struggled to see how the Giants could go with the idea of drafting a day two or three quarterback who sits for a year before taking over. Do you think Shane and Dable would go into a critical fourth season with an unproven day two or three quarterback after a season of Jones and a guy who can win some games? With the clock potentially ticking, it seems like the choices are get a rookie who can start by midseason or build the rest of the team and hope for a quality veteran free agent next offseason. Listen, Jeff, I absolutely think the Giants could go into next season with a day two quarterback or a guy out of that second tier who they trade up into the later part of the first round for, uh, whether it's McCarthy or Penix or Knicks or, or, or whoever it might be. I absolutely think they can do that. We see again and again and again that you look at the top rated quarterbacks and some of them work out, some of them bust. You obviously, if if you think you know one of those three guys is your franchise guy, you, you make your move to get that guy. But we see over and over throughout the league that you can get quality quarterback play. The San Francisco 49ers with Brock Purdy are a great example. The Minnesota Vikings, with all the years they've gotten good play from Kirk Cousins, who was a fourth-round pick, are another example. Jordan Love in in Green Bay was picked, I think, 26th in the draft. So you don't have to get that guy right at the very top of the draft. I absolutely think that the Giants could go that way. And, And the other part of that is, if the Giants don't win some games in 2024, Joe Shane and Brian Dable might not get a year four. So I think that let's let's not count on a year four for Brian Dable just yet. Let's let's look at what's best for 2023. The Giants are obviously intending to go forward with Daniel Jones in 2024 if he's ready. And look, if they draft a guy like Jaden Daniels at six or they trade back up and get a quarterback late in the first round or or are fortunate enough to have a guy that they want fall to them in the second round, 
If Daniel Jones doesn't play well in 2024, that guy could take over eventually. We'll have to see what happens. But yes, I absolutely think the Giants could go forward with a with Daniel Jones or perhaps a, a placeholder veteran replacement and a, a what you might consider in this draft a, a second-tier option among the quarterbacks who, who are available. So I absolutely think that, uh, that that's a possibility. All right. Mike Binder asks, says, I know this runs counter to conventional wisdom, but what about the possibility of drafting multiple quarterbacks? It is abundantly clear in today's NFL you need at least an above-average quarterback and with first round successes somewhere in the 30 to 40% range, why not up your chances? Washington did it with RG3 and Kirk Cousins, but I don't know of any others off the top of my head. Thoughts? Mike, this is not something I think you can do. I think the problem is, especially for the New York Giants, they have Daniel Jones on the roster in 2024. He's going to be there. You have Tommy DeVito, who's an undrafted free agent, who might be QB3, he might be on the 53, he might be on the practice squad. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. I'm pretty sure they're going to add a veteran quarterback. Just uh, I, I doubt that it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. It may not be an expensive veteran quarterback, but I think that drafting two quarterbacks is really overkill especially with Jones already on the roster. You're you're setting up a situation where there's already where there's a question, where there's a bigger question than there already is. Not to mention the fact that you have other holes to fill. You have a roster that needs depth at a at a variety of places. So if if you draft a second quarterback, for example, in the fourth round, you're using a draft pick on someone that you hope will never play. This is what the Giants did a few years ago when they traded up in the draft to get Ryan Nassib in the fourth round. They traded up in the draft to get a guy who who general manager Jerry Reese admitted, we hope he never has to play. Maybe a couple of years from now, if that's the case, we'll be able to trade him and get and get more value for him. Well, he never played. The Giants were never able to make that trade, so it turned out to be a wasted pick. They could have taken anything. They could have taken someone who who was only a special teams player for four years and gotten more value out of that pick than they than they did by by taking the quarterback. For for me, you're wasting a pick there if you if you do that. For example, if you take Jaden Daniels or you take JJ McCarthy or or whoever and then in the fourth round you take Michael Pratt out of Tulane you're you're wasting a pick because one of those guys isn't going to play now what I could see happening is let's say the Giants let's say they take Michael Penix they decide he's their guy. They get Michael Penix via trade up late in the first round or or second round. And, and it could be any of these guys. It could be Bo Nix. It could be McCarthy. It could be Spencer Rattler, whoever. It could, but he's their guy. What I could see happening 
is you take that quarterback a year from now, if you're going to do that, if you think that quarterback is ready to take over, if you've watched Daniel Jones play for another year, he's got no more guaranteed money on his contract in 2025. What I could easily see is then you draft another quarterback in the middle of in the, somewhere in the middle of the 2025 draft as as a developmental guy as a hedge. You do it that way. I don't think you take two quarterbacks in the same draft. I think that you can you can take another swing at quarterback just to protect yourself in the middle of the 2025 draft and do it that way. But I I don't see the idea of taking two quarterbacks in one draft as as being a, a smart idea. All right. I think we have time for one more question here. So let's take uh, let's take uh, a question from Rob, Robert Biggerstaff. And Robert asks, said, I have always thought the best use of a team's first round pick is to get a game changer, someone who makes players around him better, almost regardless of position. In the 2024 draft top 10 where the Giants pick, who are the game changers, if any, in your opinion? And Robert, of course, the Giants have the number six pick. And I think we've talked a lot about the possibilities here. You know, for me, the game changer is always a quarterback. Always. If you can get one of the quarterbacks, if look, if Joe Shane loves Drake May and Drake May falls to number six, then shame on him if he doesn't draft Drake May. If he loves Jaden Daniels, and Jaden Daniels falls to six. Then again, shame on Joe Shane if he doesn't make that move. I always look at quarterback and say, if you have an opportunity to draft a guy you think can be a great quarterback and you pass up that opportunity and that guy turns out to be great, then that's on you because you have to have the quarterback. So other than that, I have to come back to those wide receivers. Is it Malik Neighbors? Is it Romo Duns? Marvin Harrison's not going to be there, but if if by some miracle he happens to fall to number six, then, then you have to do that. You, you, you have to take that player. I don't know if an offensive tackle for the Giants, a right tackle, I don't know that 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 player would be a game changer at this point. Maybe Brock Bowers is a game changer. I'm not convinced at this point that there's a defensive player who is a, a game changer worthy of the sixth overall pick. There's no, there's no sauce gardener. There's no Derek Stingley. There's no Micah Parsons that I can see in this draft class. So for me, I think it's it's quarterback or the best receiving weapon that that you think is on the board available at number six that would be the uh, the choices for me as as potential game changers for the Giants in this upcoming draft. All right, I think that's uh 
I think that's a wrap for today, Giants fans. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.